0: It's the top of the hour, and I want to welcome everybody to Pit Stop, your fortnightly midweek rest area to refuel your drive. I'm Karen Cummins, I'm an audiobook narrator, and I'm the chief cartographer for narratorsroadmap.com, and I'm your host for Pit Stop. With me today in the co-pilot seat, as always, is my lovely friend and award-winning audiobook narrator, Ann Flosnick, who hosts the narrator uplift show here on Clubhouse. How are you this afternoon, Ann? Great. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Every other Wednesday, audiobook narrators who have vocations beyond narration pull into Pit Stop. They're sure to inspire you to follow your interests and use all of your talents and gifts. I want to let everybody know the conversation's being recorded so you'll be able to re-listen or catch parts you missed. Feel free to comment in the chat, raise your hand in the app if you wanna be part of the conversation because we would love to hear from you. So thanks so much to everyone for joining us. I am super excited to welcome Daniela Acitelli to Pit Stop. With an extensive portfolio of over 200 audiobooks, Daniela is a born and bred American, but she's also a dual citizen Brit who calls both California and London home. Daniela works from her fully equipped home studio with authors, producers, and publishers, including Tantor Audio, Hachette UK, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, Brilliance, Dion, and Dreamscape. Daniela is a classically trained actress with a strong foundation in Stanislavski, in addition to training in Strasbourg Method Acting and Meisner. Daniela is also a trained red-nosed clown and she has worked the boards in theater, cabaret, and burlesque for years. By day, Daniela narrates. And by night, she is the host of the hugely popular quirky YouTube show, The Narrator's Cup of Joe, where she interviews wonderful, eccentric characters from the audiobook world. So welcome to Pit Stop, Daniela. We're so thrilled you're here. We needed a Daniela fix. Yes, we did.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored.
0: Well, you know, we Ann and I talked with you last year on her narrator uplift. And I remember your father was Italian and your mother was American. And you said you spent summers in Italy where it was all balconies and cigarettes and gorgeous women and beautiful men and photographers, oh, photographers. See, I'm so excited. I told you I can't talk. And late (laughs) nights. And then we'd go back to Fresno. So tell us what that was like living here and there and having that kind of childhood I've, I've kind of come to terms
1: with that i think um though for the last few years it, it's come up i think when your parents pass away you start to kind of you have to assess who you are who you are like not mm-hmm. as their child and mm-hmm. i realized that having grown up with that it was like literally a la dolce vita lifestyle i mean massive glamour and you know and and style and fashion and clothes and clubs and probably things a child shouldn't have been at and I tend to compare all the boring parts of life to the way life should be (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's it I still do that but I I stand by it as well you know what I mean like like I just I've accepted I'm just never going to be the girl that's going to be normal
0: (laughs) no boring and beige are two words that we would never use (laughs) to apply to you (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much and likewise which is
1: why I'm such a fan of both of you
0: so what was it that you wanted to do you I know when you talk to people on Cup of Joe one of the things I think you typically ask people is tell me about what you wanted to do or what was your favorite activity when you were a ten-year-old so what was yours I was an actress Mm. I was my
1: favorite song was I'm the greatest star I like sang it 24 hours a day I was an actress I was going to be i and like you know when you dress up at your parents house like our grandmother had thanksgiving and everything very conservative you know american grandmother and the kids would dress up i'd have we'd all dress up in my grandmother's lingerie and do vaudeville (laughs) shows by the kitchen table (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was i've always that was me i was going to be greatest actress in the entire world and also go overseas to France in high school with my gorgeous boyfriend and look fabulous. Those were like lofty dreams, I guess.
0: Because you, you didn't, did you? You didn't go overseas until you were a little older, right? I mean. Yeah, I didn't. It gutted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I did later. I made up for lost
0: time. Well so how you so you were doing acting then as a young age and, and in the intro I was seeing about Stanislavski and Meisner. So how did you get into those things? Did that come in college or yeah, through some other means mean, or
1: to be honest, I was in children's theater and I and then in college, you know I did acting and after college I took Meisner was a standalone course in LA and um, most of my adult life I just kept for the sake of learning. I mean, I, the, the, the thing of is, I've never been very good at doing things for like the goal. I've always wanted to do it for learning mm-hmm. for the process yeah. of getting mm-hmm. there. That's the part that interests me. I want, I always dreamt, I read those books about actors. I never thought like, you know, I'm gonna succeed. I didn't even know what the Academy Awards were. They just annoyed me. They preempted my TV shows. <laughs> and like I was like, Exactly. But now but now I can control it. <laughs> I've got like mm-hmm. digital. So but to me it was the 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 being in it, not the being seen as successful, but the getting to do the things you wanna do, getting to like people going oh daniela can handle it that's like the dream we'll give this to daniela because she can you know uh, that's the dream not the ooh daniela has more likes and friends and followers and she's i've met famous people and they don't seem very happy
0: Hmm. what you know i have to ask then who's the most famous person you met
1: Oh, I'm horrible because I like literally don't remember anything three minutes after. <laughs> and I lived in L. I lived in L. A. too, and there were a few people I'm embarrassed to say that like I met and I didn't know who they were. Mickey Rourke I met, who I quite liked because I was a fan of Nine and a Half Weeks. I thought he was so handsome in mm. Nine and a Half Weeks, but when I met him, he was different than I imagined. I'm I'm sure he's still wonderful, but yeah. I met Rick, Mickey Rourke. I can't met remember. Who? I'm horrible with names. Mickey Rourke, nine and a oh, half. Oh right. Weeks. Well, you but you said I thought you said something else. No, then. Mickey Rourke. I can't think of. Isn't that's embarrassing? I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to think of like 30 people <laughs> that I've met. Oh, I was in a TV sitcom with Jennifer Saunders. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, Dead that's bomb. pretty exciting. How did that happen? I
1: was dodgy goth prisoner number four. And <laughs> not much of me actually showed up on camera, but I did spend many days filming in a prison yard <laughs> freezing oh, It, was, it fun. was fun, but how did that come about um i was with I was with an agency in London called Ugly, and they would put me in all these jobs they they got me one um one job. It, and I just would rock up. I, I'm good if I don't know what I'm getting into. That's oh. when I do well. And I would just rock up. So I rocked up to this job and they were like, no, no, no. And they, they were sending me home. And I was on my way out the door and they said, no, swap this over. And they swapped me with this other girl. And they said, because the other girl was too pretty. What? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess I wasn't too pretty, but <laughs> it was like a lingerie shoot for like, you know, women that weren't like models for Marks and Spencer. Oh. Um, and we got to wear all the lingerie and did this big lineup. And then the next day I got on the tube to go to my corporate job and people were kind of looking at me.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> that girl. <laughs> it was
1: a full page spread in the sun. Oh, oh wow. And you and didn't know this? It was like this? me, like practically naked, oh. like not burlesque. <laughs> I mean, I had a discreet, You know, I like to think gorgeous lingerie, but still not on the tube. And then the copy guy's like all wink, wink, nod, nod, raising his eyebrows. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. you (laughs) really
2: embarrassing.
1: You didn't didn't know when you did the the shoot that that's how they were going to use the images. Didn't have a clue. I just knew that. And I was the voice of Hillary Clinton for the Yalta Summit, evidently. Hmm? Well, that's pretty cool. For the anniversary yeah so all those things you go with an agency and you never know where you'll end up they were great i loved ugly you're saying that in past tense so you're not still connected with them well when i came when i i think the last time i i had like a fracture i fractured my hand and i was going into surgery and i had my phone next to me and oh. they called and i was like literally just drugged up on my way into surgery and i said um, I don't think I should do anything. Let me get back to you guys. And um and I just I started doing audiobooks, so I just never had time. So I never went back and did anything with them.
0: And and what a perfect segue you gave me. So how did you get from the questionable ad from Marks and Spencer to audiobooks?
1: I mean, I'd been doing I'd been listening to audiobooks since before they were since they were cassette tapes mm. so I used to get them from the library and listen to the Agatha Raisin Penelope Keith um, yeah. and all the Harlan Cobens when I would take my walks in LA um,
0: I think um, Anne's first books were on cassette they were yeah I listened to them though in the car though on the way to work
1: yeah I bet I've listened to you Anne when I was like I, I didn't kind of Put audiobook narrators together as like being actual human beings <laughs> yes. like, do you know what I mean? You were like out there like in the ether somewhere, and yeah. i I bet I listened to you. I bet you were one of the voices that I listened to because you do a lot of the books that I was obsessed. I would listen to to everything, and I've listened to an audiobook pretty much every night of my life since then. Mm. and but I never really understood. That, like it was an option for me it's
0: funny yeah. you said that because there was a, a server at a restaurant we went to and this was in recent years the last well in our other house so it was at least six years ago probably but she said well what do you do you know we go there all the time she's like well, what do you do and i said i'm an audiobook narrator and she said really i thought they were like unicorns i didn't know that was real people who did
1: that Yeah, you don't, because the stories, like, you know, I know I thought Rockford Files and Columbo, I thought they were like my relatives. (laughs) And I thought Lucy was my aunt. Like, I don't, I suspend belief when I watch something. I don't watch it with a critical mind. I don't listen to an audiobook analyzing the narration, or which is why I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks with people I know. Because to me, I want to believe it. Mm-hmm. I want to believe it. I want to believe that whoever's, you know, telling this, I I don't want to think about who the actor is and how they're going to accept their award. You know what I mean? Yes. Lucy was a great aunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We'd all like to have her in our family tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but that's so interesting. You say that because when I listen to books and, and my habit has fallen off because i i used to listen when every day when i walked yogi and he passed away earlier this year and i don't want to talk about that obviously and we're not here to talk about that but when i listen to books whether it's somebody i know or somebody i don't know i am listening to how are they telling the story because i do feel like every audiobook you listen to especially as a narrator is a master class and so it's interesting to me that you can let go of all the technical aspects of the job and actually still step back and enjoy it just as a listener. And I don't mean, I don't mean it just, you know, as a listener, but
1: you know what I'm saying. No, but it is just, I am two completely entirely different people. Uh, To me, that's work. And I'm quite capable of it. And I have listened to audiobooks to learn at different times, but never in my when I listen before I go to bed to an audiobook. that is my sacred time. And I'm an audiobook listener. I'm not a narrator because, because I, if I'm analyzing it for work, I'm not getting lost. And the whole point is to be lost to mm-hmm. me in the story, which is what I would hope to be able to do for people that listen to the ones that I do. And which is what I hope to do. To me, it's the same thing as in the technical aspects of the job. I, yes, I will learn it, but my goal is to never ever think about it when I'm in the booth because then I've lost connection. See what I'm saying so to to my mind is really black and white um, if I start going through that spiral of analyzing things or using that part of my brain, I stop acting. I stop being there and and it's the same with audiobooks at night if I start analyzing it, I'm not relaxed into it, right? Um, have you ever, I don't know if this is, I'm afraid to bring this subject up because I'm afraid like 8 million people are going to like crucify me. But to me, it's like a different thing than AI. It's to me a totally different thing, but I'm fascinated by it and I'm fascinated it's informing my audiobook. Um, you know how gamers do um, virtual reality headsets? yes okay so i've never tried those i'm not interested in the gaming thing Uh, that whole gaming world is is just just not interesting to me but i signed up for a trial where it's a virtual reality headset and they run you through meditation apps and you put the thing on and i've never experienced it's like i was sitting there the other day going oh my god real oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's so realistic. You're like in a forest and you can like, literally it's every sense. It blocks out everything else. And as an adult, I think we find that harder. Like, so it's like being a little kid again. And it's, I think there's a way I'm going to do the homework on this. It's like a 12 week thing. And you, you go through meditation while you're in this calm, peaceful surrounding. They've got sunrise, sunset. It's, amazing. Mm. And if you look at virtual reality meditation apps, there's like they you go to these beautiful places and you feel you can literally almost feel the leaves under your feet. Jesus. It's I've never experienced anything like it. It was like being a little kid again. It was the most freeing mm. thing without the distraction of anything else. You're just in this like wonderland. But it's not like you see virtual reality like cartoons. It's like mm. real,
2: real, yeah, a yeah.
1: real forest, a yeah. real thing by a lake with a, And yeah, so I'm buying one the minute the trial's over because I want to like, I think if we can like develop that focus, that ability to focus and be completely immersed in our senses mm-hmm. and in the energy of the moment, we could do something astounding when we narrate. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing for me. And I think it's, the key I was listening to January Lavoie and I was struck by when she narrated this was me analyzing you know I meant to listen to the book but I started analyzing the narration she was very much pinned to the exact moment what was the book um I can't remember god you guys I'm sorry
2: (laughs) you didn't know you were
1: gonna be tested on this (laughs) I couldn't be a good name dropper if I tried because like I can't remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anything <laughs> deep deep snow i think oh i might be wrong but i think it's called deep deep snow
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it, it's the and i haven't listened to the whole book but it was just the being completely attached to that moment and i think you lose it when you grow up because yeah. the world's trying to pull little pieces of you all the time and your brain's like just frantically going hold on hold on what was i doing what was I thinking? Maybe that's just me. But- no,
0: it's, and it's even worse now because of our fragmented attention from our yeah. computers and phones. Yeah, and
1: maybe I feel, find it a bit ironic that I'm finding my cure for being over-digitized is completely digitizing. <laughs> 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 but it was astounding. It was the most joyful feeling on earth. To because you're just out of the world for a few minutes.
0: It well, was amazing. You know, there are those people who don't hmm. see images; they can't actually visualize those mental images. Yeah. In fact, I even looked it up. that the, the They have what's called aphantasia, because they don't yeah. get those pictures. And hmm. I, I think it was Dan Musselman, I, who, when he he's retired, but he worked for Penguin Random House, and I think I'm quoting, attributing this quote correctly to him, attributing—see, I'm so excited, I told you. I think I'm attributing (laughs) this quote correctly to him when he said if a narrator can run that image and that movie in their mind, then they are connected to the material. And they will be able to tell that story because they're seeing it in their mind. Yeah, you become you be, I had an experience with
1: a multicast recently with the most amazing. Oh my god, they were, every single person on it was amazing and they were lovely and the emails were brilliant and by the and my character was kind of paranoid and <laughs> going slowly completely losing it. And I remember I read an email after I'd finished my bit from one of the people and I was like what did she mean by that? Which <laughs> what did, what what did she mean by that? And then, like, I got busy. And the next day I went and looked at the email and it was like perfectly fine. I realized I was feeling paranoid because, because you're feeling the part. And I know it sounds precious and smarmy, but isn't that what we do, right? Leave ourselves open to feel the part. Mm-hmm.
2: How about how much money does this cost, Daniel?
1: Um, not that I went down the rabbit hole of VR headsets, <laughs> but <laughs> because this one was free because it's part of the trial. Yeah. You have to do homework and say how you feel at the end. They walk you through feeling different. Cog- um, what's cognitive therapy while you're in the mm. rooms, in the different rooms? But oh. you can do the apps, and there's there's um there's one coming out with Apple that oh my god I'll i'd have to it's like a thousand something pounds Mm. or dollars Mm. but there's one the one that the trial uses is am i allowed to say names and stuff like that not that i'm selling anything um the one that the trial uses is called quest 2 and i guess it's been around for ages for gamers but um but i want the quest 3 and the quest 2 is like 300 or 400 dollars or something and the mm-hmm. Quest 3 is like a maybe 500. But um, but I'm thinking if you're going to get something like that, I'd rather, you know, maybe a couple extra. Mm-hmm. I'm going to in the piggy bank and stop wasting money on silly things like pink faux fur because I
2: really want this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. And the, the images I'm getting are somewhat biblical, not to sound ridiculous, in that I think a lot of losing the magic and the connection can come from fear. Uh, which is yeah. I think connected to a loss of innocence because as soon as you know the real world comes in when we lose innocence as a child that's where the rot sets in
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: and and you world. know
1: that it's, it's our protection isn't it yes it's all all the defense mechanisms all yeah. our brain wants is us to survive our brain doesn't yeah. want us to be happy no. it just wants us to survive
0: Yes, so, and reproduce, preferably. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. let's scratch that second uh, yes. dictate. No, no. Yes. Surviving yes. is good. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. The, 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 the problem
1: is that a lot of things that make us happy involve mm-hmm. flight risk. Yes. And our brain sees that as danger. So you're right, Anne. Mm-hmm. It's, it is mm-hmm. it is the loss of innocence. It's And yeah. I want to reclaim mm-hmm. because I think that that innocence is why children play so yes. realistically is what we need to do as actors yes. is reclaim that innocence and that
2: mm-hmm.
1: cutting off all the other senses and forcing mm-hmm. my brain to be somewhere else forced mm-hmm. my brain to remember what delight was yes and, oh, and i've hmm. yeah
2: this sounds like magic it really does
1: I'll send you the link. There's a link I found on a YouTube that goes over all the meditation ones. And I'll send you the one right at the point where it shows the one that I want to buy the app. You can buy lots of apps, but Mm -hmm. this one is, is, it's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Oh,
0: Oh, thank you. Well, it's no wonder wonder to me that you were so taken by this virtual headset and watching these realistic videos because you are video queen yourself with narrator's cup yeah. of joe. I mean, you've got over 180 of these now. And I mean, just even looking at the titles of these are very inspirational. Like there was one from July 19th with Ann Flosnick called how to create your own success. And then uh, I've talked with you and you called mine, what you focus on is important. So focus on what you want, not what you lack. and. And also another one was people spend more time planning their vacation than they do planning their lives. And mm-hmm. you are so gifted in pulling out like one salient thing that each person said that can apply to everybody and, and get people interested. So what actually started you on doing these shows? Why, why did you decide to do them?
1: Well I mean you'd mentioned that question before the call so I actually stopped and thought about it for the first time and um because nothing and if I had planned anything it would never have happened so basically I was on the big group and everyone was complaining when they took away the payment for the codes and everyone was complaining about the new people coming in and everyone was like they're coming for our jobs and <laughs> and this was before like right when covid started I think Sounds and, like a regular um, Tuesday, actually, but <laughs> yeah. and it was so heavy. It was just so heavy. And I know for a fact I'd already started like five or six narrator groups of like seven or eight people. And we all became friends and supported each other. And um, I have a short attention span. I start the group and then I flake off and then they all stay friends and do great, amazing things. But um, so I thought, so it's a fact that, you you're not jealous of and you don't have bad feelings of scarcity when someone's your friend when you know them so i thought well let's just do this see if anybody wants to get together and we'll we'll talk and we'll do the old school cup of joe calls which is how it started and we would get together seven of us and the rule was you only say what's on your mind you don't you don't you're not asking questions you're not teaching a class you have to say like you're running into a cafe and your best friend who you haven't seen in years is there and you're going to dump out all the exciting stuff that's happening to you right this moment in your life good bad i'm unhappy and anything that stays in that call that happens in that call stays in that call and everyone gets a space um and by the end of each call it was just this wonderful feeling of true friendship we were truly friends each of us, all from different levels, and then I said something to someone and about how how interesting what they were saying was. They were describing you know what they something I don't know, and they didn't believe me and I, and I just thought, why don't people see themselves the way I see them? Can't they see this like amazing and somebody else said something to me about, "Oh well, Daniela, you're the queen of hyperbole." I'm like I, what hyperbole this is how i see you i don't understand the problem so i thought well let me get on a show let me just do a one video you know an hour and people can watch it i didn't even think of putting it on youtube at first and and i'll show you guys what i see in this person mm-hmm. and the first few calls we had technical problems they didn't even go up i don't think but then then other people wanted to come on. I kept saying, well, I'm only doing doing one more call. Then another person, then another person, then another person. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm booked like a year ahead and I don't want to let anyone down. And it's kind of addictive because mm-hmm. I can see how nervous people are. And some people even say, "There's the." I always get the email. I get the ones that send me the list of things that we should discuss. And then I get the ones that, Kind of reach out because they're nervous. They're like, not sure what they have that to say that anyone would want to listen to. And every single time, bar none, by the end of the call, we're best friends and they're happy. And that, and they've shared some of their energy and knowledge and wisdom because they all have it that Mm -hmm. profoundly touches me and changes my life. And so I've just never stopped because each call I learn something new and become better. And I just think some people get therapists
0: for 12 years. I just pick up random strangers. (laughs) You make it sound that way, but you really are a fantastic interviewer.
2: Gifted.
0: Thank you. Well, but it's, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything.
1: It's in them. It's already in them. And all I'm doing is listening until that moment that they say the one special bit of wisdom or knowledge or gold that's in them.
2: It's even in the introduction, though, Danielle, that you set them up, you set everybody up for success mm-hmm. because you've seen it. You have grasped their essence, I think, before they, you know, they're even there. And then the whole thing just develops from from that great footing. That but agrees. see, I have, but I don't understand why everyone else
1: hasn't. That's what's so weird to me. <laughs> like, wow. like, I mean, I could point to anyone, and I could say, "Oh my God, the thing about them is," mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know that, don't you? You have friends where you're just like, "Wow."
2: Oh yes, yes. Yeah. But it's an it's it's one thing though to to see all that, but then you are dedicated to that. And you do it week after week after week after week, and I'm sure it's it's consumed a great deal of your life to the betterment of us all. But there's a price is paid for everything,
0: and and even more of her life because don't you edit these things before you post them on YouTube? Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing. The there
1: hasn't really been a price once I learned how to fit it in to my. The rule was it can never, Mm -hmm. ever, ever get in the way of my narration Mm -hmm. I'm a narrator first and foremost and that comes first and Mm -hmm. that's my focus and my priority and and so that was the rule um Mm -hmm. and and it was all fine but it it got a bit much because the schedule got really full and I ended up doing two calls a week most of the summer Mm -hmm. and all that would still be fine if then life doesn't hit you then I you know I last week I fractured my knee, my ribs and my shoulder. And I'm narrating the hardest book I've ever done in my entire life. I think wow. I'm I think I'm up to I think I'm up to like eight hours of research from just the first six pages. Wow. Like I oh, thought yeah. it should all be done before oh. the page. <laughs> We've all had those kind <laughs> of books. Yeah so, so how, when life gets in the way, the editing no. suffers. I've got some people waiting for their videos to be put up from over a month and I, I do have to catch up and slow down the amount of calls I have because the editing mm-hmm. is a problem. I know people you want to see your call up. You've done this interview and it's like a month and nothing's come up. So I do feel pressure but to you could to do
0: start. you could post it without editing. You could post mm-hmm. it. This is how it happened.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because i i owe it to them to do a professional you want people want to be seen in the best light and so it's got to be well edited it's got to be it's got to, and also the branding and the show and the look of the show
0: you want consistency you don't want a lack of quality you you need to add those elements sure but i'm just talking about like like real-time editing is very tedious. it is it's a lot it's a lot And when you
1: do a call and you didn't have the best night and you worry about how you sounded and then you have to listen to it again, again, (laughs) you
2: know,
1: but it's, it's not about, I have to remind myself, it's not about me and people are very patient and they've been lovely and we'll have some great calls come up um, when I do have time. But I have had to ask for people's patience because the narrating has to come first. It's, it's the only thing I care about, like basically at the end of the day.
2: But you're giving so, us a gift because for you know for that hour or whatever we can see ourselves in in a, in a magical light. But beyond that, Daniela, are you okay? Because tell us about the, being hit by that rogue on the bicycle. Are you all right? What happened? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you take a you take a.
1: I I like to take lessons away from everything that happens. Mm. And the two lessons I'm taking away from this, the one lesson was that. Everyone commented about the bike guy, which was lovely. Everyone was supporting me and everything. I literally hadn't given him a second thought. What I had was shocked by was the kindness of the three people that helped me.
2: Oh, God.
1: They stopped and they helped me and they, they took their time and they were just lovely. And that that's going to leave a lasting impression to me. I'd, the other thing is just like, yeah, there's angry people in the world. I got in the wrong place, wrong time. Guy doesn't know me, he wouldn't recognize me probably ever, and I wouldn't recognize him. you know it's it's it was random and it wasn't personal but but three people that wasn't random they stopped they and it was hard i ha, I couldn't get up and and they helped me and the friend that I messengered you know i I won't say names, but like just the people that are there to help. Mm. I think of the thing, and then the other thing I took away from it is um, the way I behave when I couldn't walk, I couldn't get out of the flat, I couldn't get to A and E because I was afraid of being taken out on a stretcher, and I was freaking out about this book and the deadline.
2: Hmm.
1: And I'm I have to find a this is something I have to work on. I don't know the answer yet and I need to work on it myself. I have to find a way to retain the part of me that's really proud of working hard through anything no matter what and not be stupid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I'm standing there on a fractured knee trying to still work. Do you know what I mean? I can't I
2: risk you said, "Oh, did you share this with your publisher?"
1: Yeah, I, d- yeah, did. I did. Cool. Finally, finally, somebody, I think it was Stephanie yeah. Nemeth Barkert said to me,
2: mm.
1: you need to email them now and tell them what happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I did, and they gave me a few extra days. And with mm. any other book out of the 200 I've ever done, I would have been fine and I would have been done. But this book. <laughs> uh,
2: uh,
0: when- well, and oh. you know, working through anything is really in the big picture and i know you know this a cost to your health because whatever you've got this going on that's made you ill or you're in pain or whatever can only be made worse by pushing through it and ignoring it yeah
1: and painkillers just make you like they gave me painkillers i've and i finally had to because i was shaking with it and i took Like it was like coding or something, like one night. And the next day I was like a zombie. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth it. I can't even take the painkillers. So it's like, but but then part of me is like, do I want to be this person? It's like, oh, I work so hard and then I feel extra what? Sorry for myself, proud of myself. I think you have to decide who you want to be. And this time I have to sit with myself and decide who do I want to be when bad things happen? Who do we. Who do we think of ourselves as? I'm very conscientious and I don't want to lose that. I will deliver if I at all possibly can. And I don't want to
0: lose that. But I don't on. think you would, but you know, you, you've yeah. seen the stories of people on their deathbeds ask, what do you regret? And nobody ever says, Oh, I wish I'd done a bit more work. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm. life is for yeah. living and there' are you're conscientious and you will meet those deadlines, but you have to make allowances for things happening. And it's not good to work through pain or illness because it can only get worse is what I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a weird thing, isn't it? It's what Anne said about the loss of innocence. When you grow up, it's all on you to decide how sick is sick.
0: Mm -hmm. Very wise. And, I wanted to go back. Laura English wanted to ask if someone can help you with the editing part of your shows. Um, part of me,
1: I will confess in a public forum, that it is bad management because I could outsource some parts of the editing, but I haven't found the time to take time to show someone else how to do it yeah and the other thing is is most of what i'm doing in the editing is taking out the inappropriate things that i say during the calls
2: (laughs) and you're the only one that can decide that right exactly exactly (laughs) oh god and there lies the rub
1: yeah exactly but it's it's fine. it's fine i can catch up on it oh actually karen karen cummins it gave me the biggest break in my editing. I um, mm. shaved like 50% of the time off of it, actually. Um, oh, with one Sonics?
0: Of your,
1: you, one of your miracle hacks. Yeah, I don't do it with Sonics just because that would get really, really expensive, the amount that I have to do. But now what I do is I put the video up on YouTube, but privately so no one can see it.
0: Ah. The minute
1: the call's done, it automatically transcribes it. I cut and paste the transcription into Word. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I edit the call, I do a word search for edit. And mm-hmm. I've gotten pretty good if I say inappropriate things. I'll say, okay, I'll edit this out during the call. Mm-hmm. That gives me a timestamp.
2: Oh.
1: And and I can just ed- edit out all the bits where I've said that I, where I knew I shouldn't say something, but I did anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So and just for those who don't know, sonics.ai, and I put the link in the chat, it's, it's actually my affiliate link. So if you use it, you get free minutes and I do too, but it's an AI transcriber. And this is one version or one instance where I think AI is a really good thing because it can transcribe audio and video and there are a lot of times that I want to hear the information, I want the information that somebody's presented, but I don't have the hour to sit and actually listen or watch. So I'll run it through Sonics, and then I've got the transcript and I can read it in about you know five to 10 minutes, which really, like Daniela says, saves so much time. Yeah. And then like with Pit Stop, I put the Pit Stop episode on narrator's roadmap along with that transcript because we all take in information different ways. And, and plus I'm able to add links to the transcript. And so it adds value that way. But anyway, I just wanted to pass that on for whatever help it can be. And I'm closely watching the clock because I know you said you're in the middle of this book and you, you've got to get back to it. And I'm so thrilled you could be with us today. I have a question that I call the pit stop hot seat. So this is not one of the questions that you know about. So if I gave you a penny to throw in a wishing well, what would you wish for? I might even give you a quarter. And I don't know if that would depend on that would make the wish better.
1: Good health for me and my husband.
0: That sounds like a wonderful wish. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Or I could just get up and start walking and eating well, sleeping. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but let's, let's count on the wish.
2: <laughs>
0: well, you know, we, we have talks about this all the time about manifesting things and name it and claim it and keeping focused on that goal of what you want and not, in fact, that's what I think you named My cup of joe call of focus on what you want and not what you don't want.
1: Well, weirdly, I wanted to tell you this. I just never got a chance. You know, that trial I said that I'm on Mm -hmm. with the virtual reality thing. I had just sent you a message saying, Well, I've been reading a lot about manifesting listening, but I haven't actually tried any (laughs) lately. I'm going to (laughs) like learn everything and then do it perfectly someday. But, um, but, I was I was thinking, I'm just going to manifest. And, I, and I'd been thinking that for the last like few days after I messaged you that. I'm just going to manifest a perfect world where I get to escape and everything's calm. And then my friend sent me a message going, hey, there's this trial. There's one day left. Do you want to try and see if you can get in? And this was it. And literally, oh it's gosh. a headset with the perfect world that lets me escape the from everything. The
0: perfect world. Wow. Like you couldn't
1: make that up.
0: Well and and see that's the thing about manifesting you can't control how it shows up for you or when it shows up for you and things generally don't show up for us on our timeline and they may not look like what we they thought we thought they would and they may not come in the direction we thought they'd come and so you have to be open to how the universe fulfills those wishes and so like when you first say a perfect world well if we actually meant this earth that we live on and all the seven billion or however many people who are here getting together in peace and harmony there's a lot that the universe has to do to conspire to make that happen and i don't know if it'll can happen and it may not happen in our lifetimes but so the universe hears daniela say i want a perfect world and what happens but here's a virtual headset where you can have that perfect world. I mean, I yeah, love this you know, story. I'm, I'm totally this. happy
1: with that. I mean, I just figure all the rest of those people can all get headsets themselves. This was fine with me, <laughs> but I'm really curious. I'm really curious about this because I'm very type A and no, really? And <laughs> I'm not, I might, I'm not, and I'm being, and I mean this as a compliment, but I have a feeling that Anne might be a tiny bit type A as well. Oh, complete on steroids.
0: Yes. She's not even a tiny bit.
1: <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering how you feel. What because I know I'm I know Karen is 100% right, but I find it so hard for my little type A brain to wrap around and I'm curious how you feel when Karen reminds us that getting what you want might not be in the time you want it or in the way you expect to see it because you don't have any control over it.
2: How does Anne know true.
1: about
2: that? I know it to be true. Sadly, you know, because she tells me that all the time, and <laughs> I've
0: lived, <laughs> lived long enough that I see it. And well, let me just say, she tells me that now too. So she she does. <laughs> go on. Yeah. I drank the Kool Aid.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's but it. do you feel
1: like fighting against it? Do you feel no. like? No. Really?
2: No. no I, I have learned. I've learned many, many lessons. And um, your whole thing about manifestation, Danielle. Because I remember you from when I just saw a lady that was talking about videos and, and calls and things, and I thought, oh, where did she come from? <laughs> you know how just people just suddenly appear, and then it's like they were always here, and they become more and more and more and more and more and more and more because you were doing your thing more and more and more, and it was manifesting from your consciousness to. I'll just say, I'll, I'll be everybody to, you know, let me stand in for every man, because that's, I think, the way that these things work. You had kind of made a public, you must have put yourself in a public place where I could see you. you, see what I mean, rather than doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You kind of declared yeah. your intention to the universe in the fact that I saw you and heard about you, and then I couldn't stop seeing and hearing about you in the most delightful way. And it i love grew, that and
1: you say that and... what i love sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i love th- i love that you say that because that is how i feel like that's mm-hmm. and that's the cup of joe and that's why i started all the narrator groups because it's like i feel like i'm shouting like we're all a big mm-hmm. look at us aren't we doing great with this like big pool and it's not just narrators or the narrator community it's actors writers look at us look what we're doing aren't we brave aren't we amazing and then everyone's like what who what and i feel like yeah we're all in this together like
2: well speaking all of my, this together. Yeah, yeah and speaking for myself you are kind of the mother of a great deal of, of all this good stuff and goodness too because oh. you are one of my models and icons because oh, you see, you're our icon. Back no, no. You've no, done no, no,
1: no. million books, though, Anne. You're like—I remember—I literally almost gasped when you told me how many books you'd done.
2: So- I know, but it's a shame, though, that they're not all—you know—here and now. And i there was a questionnaire thing I was filling in, and it's 27 years I have been narrating audio books, folks. Wow, 27 years—the wow. heck, a long time. No, but this isn't about me. It's about you and how you came into my consciousness. And there's just something just so extra special and magical about you when you're doing things and saying things and putting out an energy that I wasn't aware of before.
0: And, and that's really um. true because she said those exact words to me and that, because I'm like, what, who, who were you talking about? And so she mm-hmm. told me all of this and I started seeing your shows. Yeah. And so I'm a <laughs> testimonial. I have a testimonial that what she says is exactly how it happened.
1: Oh, I she told me and then
0: I've told people and, and that's how mm-hmm. it's gone.
1: But it's much the same. I mean, like, I've never I think I heard Karen's name the day I started audiobooks.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: it's just like you don't hear audiobooks without knowing about Karen Cummins. I'm saying that right, right? right? That's you so true. are. I'm so proud <laughs> of you. Thank
2: you. And the roadmap now, which wasn't always there, but it is now.
1: I know. And you guys have all these shows and you're like, I mean, you're like, you're like the badasses of like the podcast world now. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny because you were just like, I'm setting my intention. I'm doing this podcast now. And now you guys are like old school. And the
0: show will be a year old in November. Yeah. So so, yeah, next month she's got a year. Seems like much longer.
2: It does. It does. How many years have you been doing your show, Daniela? More to the point.
0: Mhm.
2: Uh, two Oh, it's got like to it was, be longer than that. I think it was
1: April 20, oh maybe April
2: 2020. And even and you were having calls and things though before all of that. Which,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yes. But just like a month before. And the thing about the calls, I mean I had one recently, but the calls, the old school calls, they are great fun mm-hmm. and they're really really something, but they're also really really intense like i feel like i need a nap for three days after one of those calls like it's really cathartic but really exhausting and so it's easier for me to do the guest calls because the focus is on someone else
2: so when you have these calls uh, are so taking so much out of you what not to get into the specifics but why is that happening what's going on it's weird
1: it, because it's not so much what's said; it's that people are completely let down. Any defenses—they're with total strangers, mm. but they're completely raw, mm. and they—and they're very good at it. Because I think they set, so usually somebody that's been on one sets the example, and then everyone else follows. And they're completely raw and vulnerable. And sometimes they will talk about dry spells. Sometimes I'll talk about. They're so excited they've got this leap in their career, which you're like afraid to post about because you don't want to make people feel bad. You don't want to come across all that. You don't mm-hmm. want to come across as this. All yeah. the social media guards are off. Mm. It's, you know, sick child. This is going on right now. I don't feel well. Can I keep doing this? Yeah. Um, I am I good enough? I've just been diagnosed with such and such. So you never know what's going to happen. Each call is different and, and it feels good. It feels mm-hmm. really, really good because you put out, you let, you lay down what's heavy mm-hmm. or even what's light. You, you bring it out and celebrate it. And it I think it's 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 like massive exercise for your soul I like to think Mm -hmm. but it is but I don't and I don't really talk about my like my own stuff but I like try to kind of interject and like manage between the people so but I feel like to be open to kind of like not managing how um what's the name of somebody directing
0: facilitating facilitating
1: yes. that's the word yes. to be open to yeah. facilitating something like that you have to be open to it you have to take on that energy mm-hmm. and once you take on that energy you're it's exhausting it's valuable yes. worthwhile good for you but it's really tiring
2: and i think that's one of your challenges though too it's a gift and it's a challenge in that you're almost a psychic sponge mm-hmm.
0: because
2: you you know you are so open to all of these vibrations and sensitivities and that is exhausting danielle yes
1: but it's exhausting putting in a good way yeah it's because the rest of the world seems to have been given instruction and how to not be open Mm -hmm. and the rest of the world has all these guards and and things and i don't have them right and i i don't understand them and keeping them up or pretending that it's it's that's exhausting so -hmm. getting on a joke call with a stranger and just like let's get rid of all this crap you're you i'm me oh my god you're amazing look at what you've done Mm -hmm. tell me about it it's so easy for me because i don't have to pretend to be like, okay, you're a stranger. I have to act a certain way around you because I don't know you very well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I can't yeah. I'm not good with boundaries. And on those calls, I'm in charge, so I don't have to pretend I have boundaries.
0: <laughs> and we don't need I, them either. I, I know I promised you that we would have a hard stop and we're coming up close on the time, but I can't let you get away without asking you if you have advice you can share with other people who want to expand their horizon beyond narration
1: my advice is work from the inside out not the outside in like i wouldn't have i don't think the the cup of joe has i think we're almost at 50,000 views mm,
2: and well wow. congratulations um, in the
1: in the internet world that's like nothing and i keep forgetting to ask for subscribers so it's like nothing on that too but but I consider it a success because we're still booked out for a year and I consider it a success, but I don't think it would have been a success if I'd created the cup of Joe so I could increase my career and make some secondary income because Mm -hmm. I did it for different reasons because of the love of it. Like you would a hobby or something. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of, and I'm not saying don't, you can't get a secondary income or, and do a side gig, but, and I've had a lot of friends that are like, equally, you've got the roadmap and you've got all this stuff, but you, you equally love it. You love doing it. So you're still doing it for the love of it and just being smart about business, right? You can marry the two, but I think that the love comes first. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it's so great. Find a way it's around. such
0: a perfect yeah. way of saying it yeah
1: yeah the love comes first um, I've had chances to make the joe, cup of joe bigger to go into partnership with people and to make money and mm. each time I've felt stressed out by it and I've listened to my gut and I'm glad I did because it would have taken me away from my focus which is my books which is narrating And so I think you have to really, it has to come from the inside out, and you're making the choices for what you want deep down, not what you think you have to do to be a successful person in the industry. It's got to be coming from your heart, I think, which sounds woo-woo, but. No, it's spot
2: on. And it used to be, sorry, it used to be so much easier to be that way until there was social media and there were so many people and there were, you know, people could just do what they did and nobody knew anything about it. It it was just wide open to be whatever you wanted it to be. But but I still think it is.
1: I still think Mm -hmm. it is because, for instance, the Cup of Joe. All of a sudden, people were starting not not clubhouse, not you guys, but people, other people were starting webinars and this and that. And it was like a thing. And, and, and of course, and the outside world wants you to do more of something or do things their way or change this. And, and I rejected it and ignored the outside world. And, mm-hmm. and including social media, I just ignored it and I kept doing what I wanted to do with it. And the reason was because I was more worried about my career success as a narrator. I wasn't worried. I would like from the beginning, I would cancel Cup of Joe tomorrow if it stopped being healthy or feeling good for me. Mm-hmm. So so I didn't I didn't fall for that and because it is everywhere and i think it's the kiss of death but i think that if we put our heads down it's january lavoy went off social media completely and she said it took like a week of horrible like withdrawal but she felt better afterwards because i think we can we have the power to not to not care we have the power to just let the noise stay outside of us you are a veteran well-respected narrator i mean people bow down to someone at your level so but but no but it's the truth i'm not saying i'm not this is not hyperbole it's the truth i mean of course you're not going to think of yourself that way well i'm i'm the, you know the queen bee but we all know it karen will back me up on that we all know I've that about her she you. is oh no, yeah.
2: no 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 i'm all i'm saying is that i I can remember but, when we didn't have all of this you know what I mean it was just at no, the time but people would
1: assume that you are one of the people that wouldn't even notice social media because we all know what level you're at do you see what I'm saying but every single person is feeling like they have to pay attention to it but they don't so many people have earned their stripes you don't need it mm-hmm. you know only go on it for the fun you't it doesn 't matter if everyone 's looking at what everyone else is doing online well
2: you 're saying exactly what i 'm saying Daniela, in in yes. a different way. I can completely cut out social media from my life because I had a whole career before it ever was even a thing mm-hmm. so but which makes my rejection of it if if that was to be n- not any great um, There'd be no great price to pay for that. Whereas you've yeah. known different and you are making different choices based in a different world than my habits and whatever were formed from, which makes your triumph all the greater. Ah, oh, you're so that nice. Is. That's what I'm getting, trying to get across to you. No, and you are the pattern for all of us. Well, I speak for myself, for my talking head anyway, you are my icon in that, 100%.
1: Uh, see, I, after the first call I had with Anne, I called, um, I, oh, Anna. I was, because I didn't know Anne, and I met her at A, an APA kind of online social, and you were like, oh, we should chat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't yes. know, I don't know anyone. As I've already said I'm very bad with names. Um, and so even the people I know, I can, I'm bad with names. It took me three years to get Karen's surname right. Um, so... <laughs> so I, I so I got on the call with Anne just because she's a really nice, fun person. And you were like, and I was like, oh, I don't know how many, how do I put this? And I remember it was the, you were the person that stopped me being silly, reaching out to pub publishers. I'm like, how many books do I put down? If, if I have this book, but mine is this book, what do I put? And Anne's like, I don't know. I'm like, how many books do you have? And she's like, oh, 65,000. And I'm like, I never said that. What? I know, but it was some like really big number. And after the call, I called Anna Clements, or I, I messaged Anna Clements. I was like, oh my God, I just met with <laughs> the nicest person on earth. And she's like done more books than <laughs> I mean, but see what I'm saying, though, it's the, the Karens and the Annes of this world. And
2: the Daniela's.
1: Yes. And, and, and the Me's, that we're carving out our own spaces. Yeah. And Faux. and we're decorating it the way we want them to look. That's it. Yeah. Faux fur.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I love the leopard. And that sounds like a great place to stop. Since I did promise you we'd have a yes. hard stop three minutes ago. <laughs> I've got to finish this book. I've got to,
1: I'm trying to learn how to speak like the
0: Aboriginal
1: people speak, and I'm nothing's pronounced the way it's spelled.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Aboriginals of where, Daniela?
1: Oh God, I don't know at this point. We're talking. <laughs> we're talking um, polyps and. Coral and the aborigines and it it's I'm just like uh, I'm not a scientist, so at this point I'm just like, and this is non fiction, obviously yeah, this is non fiction oh geez. this is non fiction it's a beautiful book, it's mm. a beautiful book, but wow, this woman's got some vocabulary well, you will Literally. too
0: at the end of it, right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'd better go devote time to it.
0: Well, before you do, if we, if we can have one more minute, do you have anything to plug or final words and how should people contact you?
1: Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm around. Um, YouTube. And, uh, yes, yeah. You All can. over YouTube. Come, come join us on a Cup of Joe call. And if you're a narrator, Um, have you joined the narrator's cup of joe on facebook because you get links to all the calls as they come up a few days before the call and if you haven't joined it why not and that's it you're
2: really missing (laughs)
0: out if you don't join
1: (laughs) Uh and and lots of videos soon to be added once i catch up
0: yeah and on that happy note it is time for everyone to get back on the road so we're going to conclude today's pit stop the recording will be available on Clubhouse later today, and next week probably I'll put a transcript and the recording on narratorsroadmap.com. And Pit Stop is also available on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple and Audible. And who is coming up tomorrow on Narrator Uplift? Um, it's Chris Shula, a oh, wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. I love Chris.
0: Yeah. And I hope you all take another road trip with us on October 26th when we'll talk with Andrew Tell, who's an author, narrator, and software developer. In the meantime, I hope you find joy in every journey and live the life of your dreams. Thank you again to Daniela Acetelli for this wonderful, sparkling conversation. Yay! Thank
1: Thank you so much, you guys. I was so honored to be invited.
0: Oh, we love you. Yes, we do. We love you. Too. We, love you.
1: we
0: <laughs> love you. Be well. Be well. Yes. Okay. And Talk thanks. To guys, thanks as always to Anne Flossnick for your wonderful discussions and support, and to all of you for spending time with us today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We will see you soon.